Hey, so we're in the last of our What's It All About series, which is super cool. Um, and so far we've looked at Satan, um, and like I said last week, the podcast was disastrous, which normally it's fine, so kind of interesting that Satan managed to mess up the podcast. Uh, then we looked at baptism, and that was really cool, and then we looked at prayer um, last Sunday, and then today I thought it'd be good to do the core of our faith, so we're looking at the Bible, right? So today the whole thing is about... Um, about the Bible. And starting next week, we're doing a little series in the book of Ruth, right? So I haven't read Ruth for like ever. I've read it, right? And But I can't remember the last time I read Ruth. And so one of the, the key things you see coming out in the book of Ruth is just kindness and generosity, real unexpected kindness, which just reflects that generosity of God, like I was saying before. So just leading up to Christmas, we wanted to look at a series that, that does that generosity stuff. So we're going to be going through Ruth for four Sundays. There's four chapters in Ruth, so we're going to go through it. Um, so pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it, right? I'm a bit of a Bible nerd, so I always love it when we power through a book of the Bible. Hey, um, so this is what we're talking about today, Bible, right? So why is the Bible so essential to life? This is the, the big thing I'm kind of pulling apart. Um, so let me start with a couple of little stories about um, how the Bible is just kind of weird. And I want to use that word weird quite often this morning. And I'm meaning it, I'm meaning in the sense that the Bible is divine, that it does, the Bible does stuff, and I know the Bible is the Word of God, and I'm going to talk all about that, but the Bible does things that a book shouldn't be able to do, and it's kind of weird, it's strange. Does that make sense? But it's because it's divine. But when I say divine, I feel like that just feels weird, so I'm, I'm going to use the word weird, so, but you guys know what I'm saying. Okay, a couple of stories. Um, so as you guys know, I used to work at a Bible college, um, and we had students all over the country, and uh, when the students started for the year, um, it was like university level, when the students started for the year, one of the first things we talked to them about is having a daily time with Jesus. It makes sense, right? Um, and often I'd take um, the first couple of lectures at the very beginning of the year to talk about the importance of a daily time with Jesus, spend some time in the Word and how God will you know, speak to you, talk about don't keep it the same, have different ways of doing it, because some days you just get bored if you do the same thing, so different ways of connecting. You need to learn to understand how God's wired you to connect with Him, because some people are wired differently to other people are wired differently to other people are wired differently, so there's no perfect way to do a time with Jesus, but a key part of it should be spend some time in the Bible, you know, just read some verses. And, and so this would be over like a couple of hours, right, talking about all this kind of stuff. Um, and one year there was a young guy who had only been a Christian about six months, and he went to Bible college, which was, he used to ask the funniest questions in class. He'd literally be like, who, who is Abraham? What, what is this? He just had no understanding. It was awesome. Um, so after I did all this, he came up to me, and he was like, bro, I've never heard this idea. It was like he thought I'd like created this brilliant idea called A Quiet Time. He was like, man, can you explain more? And I was like, yeah, man, I can. So we went and sat down for about an hour and just talk more about how to have a time with Jesus. And he was just like, man, this is like the best thing ever. This is fantastic. Thanks, man. I'm like, wasn't my idea, bro. It's kind of just not rocket science. So fast forward about two months, and we had another block course, and he came back, and he was just buzzing. And he came up to me, and he goes, man, that whole Bible thing works. And I was like, who would have thought? And he was like, literally, man, I've been like, every morning, sometimes I go for a walk and listen to worship music. I do, but man... God's like meeting me when I go to meet with him. And he was just so buzzing. And I was just like, oh, it was just really funny though. Like it works. Like he didn't kind of expect to do. So that was cool. Um, so another story that was not so funny. Um, had another student. So that first student was from Palmy kind of area. Another student was from Nelson. And he'd grown up in the church and been, been a, you know, a Christian forever kind of thing. Grew up in a Christian family and all that kind of stuff. You know, he made a commitment when he understood. But been in church forever. And after I did my, you know, little talk about hanging out with Jesus and stuff, um, he came up to me afterwards, and he was really, really angry. And he goes, hey, bro, I've been in the church basically my entire life, 
No one has ever sat down with me and explained to me how to have a time with Jesus every day. And he said, I've never really done it, um, but this just makes so much sense. Why wouldn't I do it? And he was, real, he, he was cool angry, not like angry like he's going to go back and punch people in his church, but angry that no one had really sat with him and explained how to have a daily time with Jesus. And he was all excited about now doing it, but just this idea um, that no one had explained it to him, right? So this is one of the questions is, why is the Bible so essential to life, right? Why does it actually change people's um, lives? Why have people over centuries and centuries been quite happy to die so that we could get the Bible, right? Why is it that the Bible is so special? Um, I was in Papua New Guinea a few years back doing a Bible college nerd thing over there, and um, I was talking to a pastor there who said they would run these little trainings. So if you know Papua New Guinea, it's just, it's just way out in the highlands, it's just a loon fest, right? It's just like the day before we got in, there was a massive machete attack where someone had done something wrong and like 100 people were killed with machetes like right beside where we were living. And I was like freaking out that Jesus protected us. So it's pretty, still pretty wild out there. And this pastor was saying people will regularly, they run little trainings way out in the highlands. He'd, he'd hike for like a week way out to the middle of nowhere, run these little one, two-day little training things. And he said guys would hike in two, three days from all these tiny little isolated villages just to be able to sit and hear someone teach the Word of God. And he said they'd hike in, get there almost starving because they couldn't carry food. And he'd teach it. And then he said often they'd be trying to translate it into their dialect. And he said he'd give them just a, a couple of pages of the Bible or a chapter of, of the Bible in their native like dialect. And he said they'd just take it like it was the sacred thing and go back. And then he said every one of them would then spend the next months just going to little villages around the area in the same dialect, just sharing the Bible. But he said you'd give it to them. And it was just this why would they do that? Why would they hike that many days and then go back? Because it changes life, right? changes lives. Um, why can people pick up a, a random Gideon Bible in a hotel room and start reading it? No one explaining anything, no one unpacking it, and it changes their life. Um, why do people in prison constantly get saved? Literally because someone gives them a Bible and they start reading it, and it just changes their life with no explanation. No one... It's because it's weird, right? <laughs> It shouldn't happen. You could give people all sorts of books, and it's like, oh, that was a great book, but you give someone the Bible, and it can just change their lives, right? I, I just love that, right? Simply by reading it. So here's, I've got a couple of points. Here's the first one, um, kind of obvious. The Bible is essential to life because it's literally God speaking, right? Um, let's look at some verses, right? So these are the classic Bible verses, if you've ever looked at um, the Bible being God's Word. These are classic ones. So if you've got your Bible, get there. If you've got a device, get there, eh? Um, these are just real kind of classic verses, but really, really cool. I love these. So um, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 is the first one. Um, this is pretty clear, but yeah, let me explain it a little bit. So um, 2 Timothy three sixteen, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. I love how he breaks it down. Paul breaks it down so clearly. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And do you notice he's just saying the Bible does it? It's really good to have people explain it. It's really good to have commentaries and resources that help us. But the thing I love about this verse and the next one is it's the Bible that can do this, right? Why? Because it's God's Word, right? Um, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. And one of the, the key bits, obviously, is right at the beginning. All Scripture is inspired by God, right? All Scripture is inspired by God. When I, when I pick up my Bible, whether it's on my iPad, a, a paper Bible, I have a bunch in my office, a bunch at home, whether it's on my phone, whatever. Um, it, it's not just 
a book. It's not just an app on my phone. This is literally the word of Almighty God, the creator of the universe, speaking to me, right? Makes sense, eh? And the thing that makes me sad, I keep getting frustrated this week when I was thinking about this because we're so used to hearing that in church. We kind of just go, yeah, yeah, cool, sweet ass, Craig. And it's like, I just wanted to, I can't figure out how to say, but it's not, yeah, it's all good. It's like, this is the, the word of God, man. This is the creator of the universe, the one who called everything into being out of nothing. The one who is outside time, he's eternal. The one who is all, you know, yada, yada, yada. This is his communication to us. When you read the Bible, you're not just reading normal, oh, yeah, this is cool, thanks, Paul. You're literally reading the word of the creator of the universe. It's amazing, man, which is why it changes people's lives, right? It's not rocket science. Hey, let's look at that next one, 2 Peter 1, 20. Um, same kind of idea here, right? Same kind of idea. Um, 2 Peter 1, 20. Um, and this is like real clear again. Um, he says, uh, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture uh, ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No. These prophets were, and there's this cool phrase here, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So these prophets, so these people that wrote the Bible were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Now, the thing I love about this is this phrase, they were moved by the Holy Spirit, but they spoke from God. And what Peter's saying, and it's real similar to the idea of what Paul's saying in that, um, that Timothy one, is in the Bible, we still have the personalities, the characteristics and stuff of the authors, right? It's not like, like the way I remember hearing it um, described to me, it's not like they were just human typewriters. Does it make sense, eh? It's not like God just downloaded it and Paul's like writing going, wow, this is amazing, this stuff I'm writing, it's incredible, I don't even understand it, but look at me writing, oh, it's God speaking through me, whoa, this is amazing, right? He had a typewriter 2,000 years ago, but you know what I mean? It's not like that at all, right? Um, when you read the Bible, and heaps of you guys are like giant Bible nerds who like just hang out in the Bible all the time, and when you read John and then you read Matthew, you're like, wow, this is real different, the way he's writing. Um, or you read Peter and you compare it with something Paul wrote, you're like, wow, this is different, you read something Moses wrote. You go in the Psalms and you hear a Psalm of Moses and then you read a Psalm of David and then you read a Psalm of the sons of Korah and you're like, wow, these are real different. And this is what he's saying in this and I love this. It's that when they were writing, they knew what they were writing. They're not just like robots, typewriters. And God and his awesome awesomeness <laughs> is having them use their personalities, their characteristics, um, their stories, their memories, whatever, the way they illustrate from them, but he's still getting exactly what he wants written down, right? So there's no way that Paul's writing something and God's like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. Ah, you're going to stuff up the whole of humanity. Oh, Paul, man, you know, it's not like that at all because Paul got all carried away, right? Um, what we have is the literal words of God, the way God wanted it, but using the personalities and the, the temperaments and all that of the people. Does it make sense, eh? Cool. I know we, this is pretty familiar for a lot of us, but I love it, eh? Um, I love how the message, and I chuck this in the Spanish too here, um, I love how the message says that. Like Eugene Peterson is like the most amazing Greek scholar and Hebrew scholar ever, so I love how he says it. Um, this is the, the Peter one. The main thing to keep in mind here is that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of private opinion. <laughs> and why? Because it's not something concocted in the human heart. Prophecy resulted when the Holy Spirit prompted men and women to speak God's word. Man, I just love that, eh? I love that. Um, I want to give you an exercise that's a little bit weird. But what I'd love to encourage you to do is next time you're going to read the Bible, which might be this afternoon, might be tomorrow morning, I don't know. What I'd love you to do is when you hold it, before you start reading it, just stop for a second and reflect on what I've been talking about. Just stop for a second and just try and go, 
this is God's word. I'm not just reading some random book that's got thing, you know what I mean? It's like, wow, and just pause for a moment and go, wow, man, I am blessed. Because right now, this is nuts. Who am I that I can literally hear the communication of the Creator speaking to me? Who am I that I can just sit here with the Bible and understand it? Is that cool, eh? Just to get that awe again. Because sometimes we like pick it up and we read it and we're like, oh, yeah. So to get that awe. Hey, now you're not allowed to run away when I say this next thing because I know some people in our church don't like this, but I'm using it as a bad illustration, so don't freak out. I'm going to talk a little bit about... Um, J.K. Rowling when she wrote the Harry Potter series, right? Um, so let me explain it, and then I'll, I'll explain how I'm comparing it to the Bible, because to me this is wild. So remember I said the Bible's kind of weird, super divine? When you see this, and, and I explain it, then to me you just have to go, <laughs> this Bible thing is kind of, kind of freaky. Um, so this is, am I working here? Yes, shot. Hey, so Harry Potter um, was written between 98 and 2007, so that's um, nine years, not hard to understand. And this is a question from a fan page um, on J.K. Rowling's website, the author. Um, How do you remember everything from different books when you're still writing the Harry Potter series? And she, she responds and says, As obsessive fans will tell you, I do slip up. Several classrooms move floors mysteriously between books, and these are the least serious continuity errors. Most of the fan sites will point you in the direction of my mistakes. And so I was like, oh, man, I'd like to see this. So I went on to her website, and she links you literally to fan websites that just show pages and pages and pages of errors. And she talks about, in, in her main page, how she's really bad at maths. And so she says anything to do with numbers is just totally messed up. She says people's ages are all wrong, and directions are wrong, and names of things get all messed up. And it's, just cra- and it's not like she's trying to be all cool. It's like it's totally messed up. So is it making sense? You with me? Okay, so now here's the crazy part. So J.K. Rowling wrote this um, in the modern age, right? And so she had multiple, so I've researched all this, she had multiple editors. So an editor's job is to read this thing like crazy, suggest things. So multiple editors, multiple publishers, same kind of thing. Um, she had multiple proofreaders, and then they even have people they send advanced copies to who read through it, checking all the stuff, right? So you put all this together, you've got people checking, you've got proofreaders that are literally checking it, like real hard, that's what they're paid to do. You've got editors, plural, you've got Publishers, plural. You've got J.K. Rowling herself writing it, and yet it's just riddled with errors, riddled with mistakes, contradictions, crazy stuff. Is that you with me, eh? Okay. So now, when you see these next stats, um, we should go, "Whoa, the Bible is going to be a million times worse," right? When you see these next stats. Um, so the Bible was written by 40 different authors, not just one. It was written over 1,500 years, not just nine years, <laughs> in three different languages, and yet the Bible has complete harmony, and there's just no contradictions. There's some funny little contradictions, but every time when you go and understand the culture, it's just those contradictions disappear. Now, this is the thing I want you to get, is that it's like, you should just go, what the heck? That is freaky. <laughs> Shouldn't you, eh? It's like, shut up, 1,500 years? 40 different authors, you imagine how much society and the understanding of science and geography and everything changes in 1,500 years. There is no way on the planet you can get someone writing here and then 1,500 years later someone's writing it at all jails. It just could never happen, right? And personalities had come into it where you want to say cool things, you want to wipe out evil things like David doing shady things with Bathsheba and all that. You just delete, delete. You know what I mean, eh? But it's not. So this is what I mean, hey, the Bible is weird. It's divine. 
when we pick it up, we hold it and we go, this thing shouldn't be so perfect. It should be riddled with mistakes and errors and contradictions, but it's not. Because why? Because it's the, the very word of God, man. I love it, eh? Um, this, this next one is a bunch of stats I got from the um, Guinness World Records and Bible Society. Um, it's the number one bestseller in all history. There's not even a close second. I'll tell you what the second is in a second. Guinness World Records and, and Bible Society said at least six billion Bibles have been sold. Uh, 900 plus languages. I checked this out again yesterday to get it all correct. 2,123 languages have at least one book. Um, so six billion Bibles. So a couple of things about that. Um, the first thing is, well, first of all, do you know what the second is? Do you know what the second is? It's kind of funny. So the second is uh, Mao Zedong's little red book um, that started communism in China. And that's only sold about six, they think about 600 million. So not even close. And the funny thing is everyone in China was required to buy one. And you could be arrested if you were caught without it. So it's kind of cheating, right? But that's the nearest, the 600 million, okay? Now the crazy thing is when you go onto the Bible Society, and I've talked to some, some kind of high up missionary um, Bible nerds, people in Wycliffe and stuff, and they always laugh at this figure. They go, six billion is just an absolute joke. Because they said they've, they've smuggled millions and millions of Bibles into countries, and they're not like texting Guinness Book of Records going, hey, we're smuggling, you know what I mean? Um, tons of Bibles have just been printed and, and handed out. When I was talking to that pastor in Papua New Guinea, they're pumping out Bibles like crazy, or they're, printing, they're not recording that. Um, so some of the stats I've read said it would be another two, three billion at least above that, which is crazy. So why? Why are people so desperate to get hold of the Bible, right? It's because it's God's Word. Um, 900 languages, 2,000. I just find that amazing. Um, Last little Bible stat. I just love the Bible, so I want to go a bit crazy on Bible stats here. Um, This last one, I just love this. So this is from YouVersion. So um, a lot of us use YouVersion app on our phones and our devices, um, computers, whatever. And so YouVersion has done a real cool job of just keeping a record of um, how many people are downloading the app, highlighting and stuff. And the reason, I've heard Craig Rochelle, who's the pastor of the church that started YouVersion, and I've heard him um, talk about this, and he said, there's no way they're doing it. So everyone's like, oh, you guys are amazing. He says, it's not that at all. It's purely to encourage people and have people go, wow, that's nuts. So I got these off the website um, yesterday. They update it um, all the time. So this is yesterday, thinking about the, the Bible app. Um, so as at 4 p.m., 24th of October. Um, this is pretty crazy. 446 um, million app installs. Um, so if you're listening on the podcast, kia ora podcast people, sorry I didn't welcome you, good to see you, hear you, whatever, well you to hear me, I can't hear you. Um, I'm just going to read out the main numbers, not the little after that, just the, the millions and billions. So 446 million app installs, 518 billion minutes read, <laughs> 327 million bookmarks created. 636 million verses highlighted. This last one makes me just about cry. 270 million Bible plans completed. Now, the thing I love about these stats is it's showing interaction with the Bible. (laughs) You could say, yeah, there's been 6 billion Bibles sold, but how many of those got taken home and chucked on a shelf or given as a gift? But this is showing interaction with the Bible, which I just love. My favorite one's that minutes read, eh? 518 billion minutes (laughs) read. In the Bible, it's crazy, eh? Um, I heard Craig Rochelle speak at a conference a while ago, and he said they just had no idea how, how this would be used in um, countries where you're not allowed to have the Bible. And he said, you know, I know people smuggle Bibles in, but he said people are smuggling phones in, people are able to get past. Like in China, the internet is very, very protected, and it's very hard to download um, certain things and access certain sites. And he said people have figured out ways to get around certain things so they can download Bibles and 
pretty crazy, eh? Again, the question is why? Why are people so desperate? Why are people reading billions of minutes? It's because it's literally God's word, right? Literally God's word. Um, hey, um, yeah, and, and to me, all this comes to me, and I might be not agreeing with you all, right? To me, it all comes back to the fact that it's the word of God, right? <laughs> That's why. Because last time I checked, God created us. So if anyone knows what the heck makes sense on this mad, spinning out of control planet, it's the one who made it all, right? And the one who loves us and cares for us. So to read it, it will change us. Cool. Hey, let me read a quote. I think I've shared this quote here before. I love this quote. Um, let me read this. Um, this is from a theologian, um, Jeremy Martini. The Bible is a collection of words, but of words that have been breathed from beyond and carry with them the weight and authority of that breath. I love that, eh? These are words with power to penetrate and interrupt lives and to alter people for all eternity. They are read and they are spoken so that the reader and the hearer are confronted with the very voice of God. They are the words of a God who is so in love with his creatures that he has condescended to lisp as an infant in order to be understood in the confines of limited human language. The Bible is a gateway to another realm, a portal that seeks to transport people from this world to another and to point from this reality to a better reality, a reality that is way and truth and life. And when that portal has been opened, the power of that world is loosed onto this one so that it begins to affect its influence within it. Man, I just love this quote, eh? One of my favorite lines is that, that second line you can see on the screen. No, the words of a God who is so in love with his creatures that he has condescended to lisp as an infant in order to be understood in the confines of limited human language. I often reflect on that, eh, that God is the all-knowing, all-powerful um, creator of the universe, eternal, you know, yada, yada, yada. To, to stoop to communicate with us in, in human language is just incredible, right? Incredible. But I love how he starts that with because he loves us, right? Because he cares about us so much. Man, I love that quote, eh? Um, Dave and I were talking about this, this this week, this whole sermon about the Bible, and Dave made a really good point, and he said there's always a danger that we end up worshipping the Bible rather than worshipping the, the God who wrote the Bible, if that makes sense, right? Um, there's always a danger that, like, I've got my iPad, and I deliberately used my iPad this morning instead of a paper Bible. Um, I have my iPad, which has my Bible on it. There's a danger that I end up just kind of like, oh, it's so sacred and special, I need to be careful, and it's like, on one hand, I do, because it's the Word of God. But on the other hand, it's just an iPad with a Bible app on it, right? If I had a paper Bible, on one hand, it's like, whoa, this is the Word of God. On the other hand, it's just a book with words and pages. And when it changes, in quotes, from that to being the literal, powerful, life-changing Word of God is when I engage with it, when I start reading it, when I dig into it, right? Um, there's no point in wandering around with a... Um, I used to carry one of those little blue Gideon's Bibles you got given at high school. I carried one of those around with me for years because I was memorizing um, through some chapters in the Bible. And sometimes I would literally feel like, man, I've got the Bible with me. Nothing can attack me or defeat me. And then one day I was like, it's nothing to do with the Bible. It's not this magical protection book. It's me who's unpacking it and it's getting into my soul. That's what brings me protection and wisdom, right? Um, it's not that we worship the Bible, we worship the God who created the Bible. I was thinking about it like this. Um, if I was sitting on a, I love sunrises. Eh? Who's the sunrise person? Anyone just love sunrises? And then I was going, I'm getting there, keep your head on, Graham, shivers. <laughs> so hang on, who's a sunrise person? Heaps of us, a few of us, some of us, yep. 
And who's a sunset person? Man, so all you sunset people are wrong. Sunset's the end of the day. It's all sad. Sunrises are like, whoa. Anyway, um, so I'm on the beach watching a sunset, sunrise, insert whatever you want, I don't care. Um, The dumb thing would be for us, and no disrespect to other cultures that are still learning the truth about Jesus, right? The dumb thing would be to sit on the beach and see the sun going up or down, (laughs) and then fall on my knees before the sun and go, oh, the sun is incredible, right? I'd worship God and go, wow, God, look at how you made this is amazing. It's the same with the Bible. I want to dig into it and pull out truth from it, right? And it's, it's when I interact with it that it changes me, right? Okay, so the first thing is the Bible is the Word of God. Here's the second point. Um, this is a quick one. The Bible is essential to life because in it, God tells me who I am, right? In it, God tells me who I am. So turn to a couple of people around you and say, in it, God tells me who I am. Okay. Hey, so let's read these um, verses from Ephesians 1. So um, Rosalie read this before, and it was awesome, <laughs> super awesome. Um, I just want to read just a few verses at the beginning and then make a little comment on them. Um, I think in our society now, society seems to be, from my perspective, working harder and harder to define who I am than ever before. Um, social media, it's a huge part of social media, right? Trying to define who we are. Um, and so much we hear from um, other aspects of media, we read and so on, is trying to define who I am, trying to put me into a certain um, box and a certain understanding. And the, one of the things I love about the Bible is that in it, God defines who I am. He explains who I really am. Um, let me read these verses. Uh, Ephesians 1, uh, starting in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Why would I praise him? And he explains it. Because he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us. And chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And I love this last bit. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. (laughs) It gave him great pleasure to adopt you, to bring you into his whanau. Man, I just, I just love these verses. Eh? I pulled out a bunch of thoughts from Ephesians 1. Um, let me chuck these on the screen. Uh, this is from the, the whole bit that Rosalie was reading. According to Ephesians 1, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We have been chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, grace-lavished, and unconditionally loved and accepted. We are pure, blameless, and forgiven. We have received the hope of spending eternity with God. Man, I just love this, eh? I love this. <laughs> um, and to me, this is why the Bible, no matter where you are on the planet, this is why the Bible works, to use the, the words of that student. It's why the Bible changes lives, because it is literally the Word of God, because it, like Rosalie said, it answers, the, I think it was Rosalie, the big questions of life. It defines who I am in Christ. Society, friends, whānau can be trying to define me in one way when God's kind of here saying, hey, over here, let me tell you how I define you. Let me tell you how I see you, right? I love that, eh? I love that. And to me, this is why you can be in the middle of Papua New Guinea, in the middle of nowhere, and people are desperate for the Bible. You can be in Bogota, in Colombia, and people are desperate to hear the Bible. You can be in New York, in the middle of the madness of New York. People are desperate for truth. Uh, one of my friends was in New York for work um, a few months back, and he said he, was, he went tried to go to the Hillsong Church in New York, and he said the line was so long he had to wait for five services before he got in. The line outside to get into church was 
that long. He said it was like blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks. And he was like, what are we doing? All just desperate to hear the truth of who God is. Amazing, eh? Let me finish with this um, question for you. So these are my two points. Because the Bible is the very word of God and because in it you see who you really are, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) What are you going to do about it, eh? Um, I know some of you are already Bible nerds and you're like, oh, I'm with you, Craig. It's awesome, man. I love getting into the word every day and and reading it. It's so cool. Good on you, eh? Because it tells you who you are, changes your life. (laughs) Um, but I know in a room like this, and I know listening on the Kone Ipurangi, the podcast, there's a bunch of people that just aren't engaging with the Bible. And I just want to say with love, right? Not with horribleness, but with love. Man, you're just missing out. <laughs> you're really missing out. If the Bible is what it claims to be, the, the Word of Almighty God, then you're missing out on His interaction with you. You're missing out on being told who you really are. You're missing out on tapping into the power of Jesus Christ in your life. You're missing out. So how could you change? What could be a simple thing you could do? Maybe you could just start a version reading plan. There's reading plans in there that literally take like two minutes, three minutes. A quick thought, some verses in the Bible, and into your day. All of us have time to do that. Maybe in your car you could have a thing, right? Every time I get in my car, the first thing I'm going to do is listen to a chapter of the Bible, you know? Um, because the, the Vision app will read to you. Amazing. Uh, maybe every day you're going to say, all right, I'm going to start setting my alarm five minutes early, which sounds ridiculous, right? It's nothing, five minutes. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do a little prayer to God. God, speak to me this morning. I'm going to open my Bible. Book of Mark is always my favorite one to start with because it's real easy. It's in little chunks. Just read a chunk, like five or six verses. Don't read heaps or you'll give up. <laughs> Just a little chunk. Read it. And then a little prayer. Thanks, God. What are, you, what are you saying to me from this? And you're into your day. It's like five minutes, three minutes. <laughs> um, if the Bible really is the Word of God, how are you going to interact with it? How are you going to draw it into you? <laughs> how are you going to nourish your soul in God's Word? Let me pray for us. Yeah. Yeah, kia ora tua. Um, yeah, I just thank you for the Bible, that we have it in paper, we have it electronic, we have it all over the place, we have it tattooed on our skin for crazy. Um, just amazing, eh? And I thank you that it really does change us, like we've talked about. It really does impact us because it is truth, it is the way, it is life. Um, thank you for those words of Tina a few weeks back, that we will always nourish our soul in something. And I pray for us in this room, I pray for us listening on the podcast today, we want to nourish our souls in you. We want to nourish our souls through your word as we connect with you and draw power and strength and guidance and direction and answers. We thank you for the weirdness that we've talked about in the Bible. Thanks that it should just be riddled with errors and contradictions and mistakes, but it's just not. Because it really is your, your word, God. When we hold it, when we read it, when we interact with it, we literally interact with the word of Almighty God. Amazing. Bless us as we open it. Bless us as we listen to it read. Bless us as we read it and dig into it, God. Yeah, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.